Peace, and welcome to the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast. This is a space for, but never limited to, people of color. We're discussing sacred plant medicine, pregnancy, parenthood, and more. You know, there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate. This fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families, create our own businesses, and most importantly, trust our role in this world as future ancestors. So wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. This podcast is in no way a platform to promote, sell, or condone the use of illegal substances. This is simply a space to share experience enlighten each other with our own way in this world and to connect with others. So my name is Taylor and I wanted to create this podcast to create a bigger space for women, mothers, and parents to normalize the use of plant medicine. Whenever I looked on social media or Google, there were not many spaces specifically for this genre. And I thought it was kind of weird You know, I'm looking around, seeing if there's anybody I can connect with. And while there were many groups, many people, many women, I noticed there was no one who really looked like me. And I wondered why that was. Of course, the logical answer is most people are afraid to speak out about things like this. Uh, Most people are afraid of the repercussions that come along with standing up, you know, in a crowd of people who may not necessarily agree with you or look at you and think of the most negative stigma that comes with these topics rather than embrace them. Being a now second time mother, my views have changed a lot. I started consuming plant medicine around the age of 19 and my first interaction was with cannabis. When you're in high school, you know, you want to experiment and try new things and explore, but you don't really always take in the purposeful part of it. It's just the recreational part. And as I got older, became a mother, became a little bit more intentional about my relationship with plant medicine, things started to shift for me. I realized that this medicine was used to not only elevate my mind, but expand it as well. Expand it to the things I was open to, to the things I was willing to talk about, to help me realize what my own purpose was. And as of recently, I'm understanding a lot of that is to speak up and speak out for the people who can't or won't. And I don't blame them. This is a scary world. It will make you very fearful to do the thing that you fear the most because we're always afraid of the backlash, especially as people of color. So (laughs) with motherhood, I was paranoid, paranoid with my partner when I started going through my first pregnancy and experiencing a lot of nausea. I was working um, at a shop for a little while and I was really paranoid that if I smoked at work or if I consumed, that I would somehow hurt my baby. You know, I had seen all the reports saying that 
it could cause autism or it could hurt your baby. And I was an avid consumer outside of pregnancy, but somewhere after that, something just, <laughs> it didn't click for me yet. I was thinking of myself as a separate entity from my child. And because of that, it never occurred to me that because we share the same body, because his body was inhabiting mine, that anything that I did would affect him. You know, you think of the bad things like heroin, you think of cocaine, all things I've never even participated in, but you think of worst case scenario, having your child ripped away from you, um, you know, CPS coming. There, there's so many fears that our community has had to deal with and also have been put in our head, like unconsciously. So we get afraid to do these things. So eventually my partner convinced me, he saw how miserable I was and that, you know, I needed assistance. And the hospital, of course, that I was being seen at prescribed me Finnegan. Now, if you don't know what Finnegan is, it is also known as promethazine, aka lean, which is very popular in the black community who participates in certain substances. Um, kind of makes you very slurred. They say it's supposed to help with nausea, but with me, uh, yeah, I, I was sick most of the time and it made me, it was a very out of body experience, but not in the best way. Speaking in spiritual terms, it lowered my vibration. I was not really present and aware. I wanted to just pass out wherever I went. Most of the time I took it and yeah, it eliminated some nausea, but I, I just didn't feel good. So he suggested that I try eating an edible or smoking a vape. Now, I'll be honest, smoking was out of the question for me because just the idea, I, I believe that, you know, putting heat on your lungs at all is not good for you at all. Um, but I'm not judging because I would be lying if I said I didn't hit a joint a few times, you know, during my pregnancy for my own benefit, not for recreational, but just, you know, to help myself. And when I tell you everything changed, everything shifted the moment that I connected with cannabis again in my pregnancy. And there were a lot of people who were telling me otherwise, people in my ear, people at work, you know, saying that if I continued, something bad would happen. And that subconscious fear I held in my head for a really long time. What an idiot. <laughs> I won't call myself an idiot, no, I'm very intelligent, but that inability to trust myself really affected me in the long run. Now, I won't go into too much detail in this episode about my pregnancy and the way it went, my first pregnancy, but to sum it up, I did not trust myself. I ended up in a situation I did not want to be in. I had planned for a natural birth and ended up having a cesarean. Uh, one of the most painful things I've ever had to deal with, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. But I learned from it. I learned from the medicine. Most importantly, I learned from myself. You see, I've said this a lot on this platform I'm rebuilding right now, but plant medicine will not do the work for you. Consuming cannabis is not taking like a magical pill to get happy. It simply heightens your awareness. Awareness of the situation, awareness of your emotions, awareness of your actions. And yes, if you're a first-time consumer or if you're taking something really strong, it can affect you in silly, goofy ways sometimes, but also it can make you sit with yourself. And I think that's important sometimes. We get so 
all over the place in our thoughts and our actions that we never take time to become grounded. And cannabis definitely helped me become grounded in that moment. I when consuming and then when I took a break, realized a lot of unhealthy patterns that were going on in my life, not just the inability to trust myself, but my willingness to put all my trust into someone else who was not myself, who did not know my body, who did not know my life, who did not know my relationships. And I thought that giving people little pieces of information meant that they knew more than me. They knew more about me than me. And that caused a little bit of a downfall, I won't lie. Um, I did not have any healing practices that I was actively participating in because I was so busy trying to follow the path of others. And I'm a person who has been interested in all different types of spirituality that are practiced because I think there's a certain reverence and respect that goes along with each one. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to get back to the same path, which is to connect with our ancestors, to become one with the earth, and to find ourselves, to find out who we were before we forgot who we were. So I wanted to use this podcast to shift the narrative of what a person of color, specifically a black woman, a pregnant black woman, looks like as a consumer with plant medicine. Now there are many different types, and there's not just plant medicine, there's fungi as well. There's psychedelics, but there is in my community this thought that only white people do these. They only consume these and it makes them weird and hippie and different. But in fact, a lot of us don't know that this medicine belonged to us. It belonged to indigenous people. It belonged to African people. It belonged to Latinos. It, it belonged to the original inhabitants. However, somewhere along the line, as we know with history, the disconnect formed, colonization happened, things were stripped and taken away from us. So therefore, in this modern world, we, we don't know. And <laughs> as someone who has been branded as unique, quote unquote, um, and different, I've been looked at many times, especially I've had even an ex-partner before when I revealed to him about my first uh, interaction with LSD. He told me that I was smoking crack rocks <laughs> and I was so offended in the moment. But, you know, this is like five, six years later, I can look back on it and realize, wow, my people are blind. Like they, they just don't see it. And it has become not only my mission, but my goal to help wake up the people who are ready. And even if you're not ready, if you can just find some resonance in anything that I'm saying at all, then this podcast might be for you. If you're not a person of color, but you want to understand how this personally affects us, mothers, women, black and brown people, then take a listen, take some time, because it's not that we want to be separate. We just don't know how to become connected again. And some of us are finding that through spirituality. But personally, my journey has been through plant medicine has been my greatest teacher because it is medicine of the earth. It is something that I can find outside. It's something that is calling out to me and is seeking me in the same ways that I'm seeking it, even without knowing. 
So let's get down to what the nitty gritty of all this is. I'm also a pregnant woman, and that is very controversial. Like I think I said at the beginning, I search near and far for women talking about this, and there just aren't many of them. And if there are, they're probably not on social media, to be completely honest, and that's fine. I speak for the people who are on social media, who use it as a source of connection with other people, a source of getting to know what these medicines are, at least as much as Google will allow you to. I mean, you're not really going to find much on Google, to be completely honest. You're going to find, you know, um, people telling you Reddit articles, telling you the dangers behind it, but nobody will tell you the miracles behind it. And I think that is the most important part that there is right now. As a pregnant woman, I was apprehensive to consume plant medicine. I really was. So I don't want anybody to get it twisted and think that, you know, I am this careless person because I overthink everything that I do all the time. It's one of my downfalls. It's my Achilles heel. It saves me a lot of times, but it also stops me a lot of times. And had I never tried plant medicine in the first place or psychedelics, um, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in to feel comfortable enough sharing this and speaking out about it. I didn't even know I was going to start this podcast until a couple weeks ago, but I realized that this medicine was telling me it is time for you to step into your position and wake people up. I am not hurt. My child is thriving. Both of my children, the one living inside of me and the one who's already been born. I connect better with my partner. I connect better with myself. And none of this makes me a perfect person. It simply is allowing me to become more of myself. I'm turning 30 years old this year, and for most people, that's a big turning point in your life. You kind of leave behind your, your childish behavior of your 20s and kind of step into maturity. But a lot of that stepping into maturity, I don't believe is solely about getting your finances together and finding that perfect job or that perfect career. It is realizing everything you've done in life up to this point and what you can do with it. And I can honestly say... Um, as someone who has consumed both in pregnancy and outside of it, through pregnancy, I have connected to my purpose even more than I ever expected to. If you told me a year ago I would be talking about any of this, creating a podcast right now, I would have looked at you like you've lost your mind. Like, what are you talking about? No, I won't. That's a danger to my children. I'm not going to do that. But then I think, what's going to happen when my son and daughter are 15 and 17 years old? What is the world going to look like? I mean, if we use logic, the world isn't going to look the same at all. <laughs> cannabis is already becoming so popular right now, um, especially, and not even just cannabis, mushrooms too. So they're becoming so popular in the elite society because they know the power that it holds. Meanwhile, a lot of us people of color are still in the dark about it. We don't understand the benefits. We just hear what our doctors and our, you know, pediatricians and OBs tell us and think, oh, no, it's not for them. And this is in no way medical advice. This is simply my experience. This is just what I want to share today. And you don't have to do anything with it. But listen, if you choose to. I chose to trust myself. I chose to listen to the medicine and the medicine told me to trust myself and not in a <laughs> not in a cracked out way. <laughs> Like when you assume somebody is on heavy medication or drugs and they don't have the ability to make good decisions. This medicine never affected the way that I cared for my child. It never affected the way that 
I responded to my partner, my ability to function around the house, and it has not negatively impacted my pregnancy. I know a lot of people are waiting for me to give birth right now um, to see like, oh, is, is this really affecting her child? You know, I want to see the results. There's no amount of numbers or statistics or, I don't know, uh, <laughs> final results from a pediatrician that could tell you that this works for people. Maybe not all people, but there's no numbers I can give you on this. You know, there's there are many genius individuals out there who have done the work of doing the research, of showing the historical data, um, who have even gone into... <sighs> I don't want to phrase it like this, but I kind of have to. They've gone into this more white side of the world where you see big name hospitals like, you know, John Hopkins and you see TED Talks of, you know, these esteemed professors doing discussions on how plant medicine is helping. They're doing studies and we're not a part of that. We just look at it as other than. It's not a part of us. It's other than. And we don't feel like we can connect to it. So in my stories, in my experiences that I'm sharing, and even maybe in future people that I interview, I hope that you can find the same, the same value in experience as you would in numbers. Because I think that's really important too. Trust lives in the human body. And the opposite of that is fear. And when we fear those things, how could you ever be open to them? How could you ever think maybe this might work for me? How could you ever remember that your ancestors did this, that it was shared in communities and shared through stories? We lost it somewhere along the way. So <laughs> in a little bit, I'm going to go into the stories of my first experiences and how they went. And then I'll share a little bit about my experiences during pregnancy as well. So in my notes, uh, I was originally supposed to discuss how I believe that sacred plant ceremonies can help in parenting, but I would also like to discuss my personal experiences because I think it'll kind of give people some insight on what you can expect. Again, no, in no way is this meant to promote, condone the sale, the promotion of illegal substances, but the truth deserves to be heard. So when I was 19, I'm laughing because it's so weird to think this was 10 years ago. When I was 19, I was living with my parents, trying to figure out life as most teenagers do. You kind of have that, you're on the cusp of freedom, but not really free at all at the same time. And a friend of mine invited me out to this farm. So we're out there and everyone is going to the phrase is trip acid that night and I didn't know what I was getting myself into but I'm the kind of person you know for as long as I can remember I've been down for any experience just to try it I was the only person of color there <laughs> but it didn't really bother me because I was around good company so it, it didn't the experience did not matter so much to me I can't exactly remember the timing of it but I do know how long a typical trip lasts for um, and it was a tiny little piece of paper, put it under my tongue at the gas station. We get back to the farm and the world opened up in such a way that I did not recognize the world that I knew. Um, it just 
the colors, the smells, everything shifted and changed. Not in a bad way at all. It was just as if I was walking into a dream or, you know, a, a parallel universe where I could appreciate every single little thing, whether it was the grass outside or the sky or, you know, just being in nature in general. Also, side note, I will say being in nature is one of the best ways I've ever been like journeying before because you get to connect with natural sources. You're not closed in a building. Now, I understand not everybody has this access, but um, you're you're not closed in. You're, you're most connected to the earth. And I was a little bit more free back then. So I was wearing, you know, my flowy skirt and I had no socks or shoes on. <laughs> I was very not what black American culture people think like you're supposed to look like at the time. But I was I was loving life and I could explain to you like the 14 to 16 hours that this trip lasted, but I'll just give you like little hints of things that happened. So, um during this time, I remember seeing lights and fireworks when it got to be about nighttime outside and just marveling at the wonder of what was in the sky. Now, obviously these are also hallucinogens, so they're gonna be things that are not there, at least not here in this physical 3D realm that you can see, but you're seeing the sky. And even to this day, as someone who's almost 30, and I was 19 when I did this, I remember marveling at the sky and thinking, wow, there's so much we cannot see in this everyday life. Um, moving forward, I did lose track of time a lot. I remember thinking that, Five hours had passed by and it was five minutes so that did scare me a little it's also important to be in good company just like anything you know the people you're around change your energy and they change your vibration they change your response to things especially if you allow them to and I was still very naive at the time but I will say like I said I was in good company um, sitting with it I, I thought about myself a lot I thought about what I wanted to do with my life the path that I was on I thought about a lot of the painful things in my life I had encountered thus far. Uh, I had been removed from my home a few times before because of a relationship with my stepfather. I was kind of still very lost in the world, as one is at 19, but you know, I, I just didn't know what I was doing with life at the time. And I thought about this a lot, but it also taught me at the time that what I thought I was in the world was only a micro version of what I really was. I was connected to everything and I was so blind to it that entire time that when I woke up, I was like, wow, this is what life could be like. This is what I could be connected to. This is what I could explore. So the day went on and it was good conversation. I remember spending a lot of time alone, actually. Even though I was with several other people, um, I spent a lot of time alone. A lot of time to think, and that's another thing it will do for you. It will kind of, even though you're with other people most times, um, there are people who journey alone, but when you are with other people, you're still kind of in your own head, thinking about your, your challenges, your struggles, your sensations, your awareness on things, and... I remember towards the end of the trip, we were driving to the store and I lived in Illinois at the time. So very country, back roads. Uh, I remember hearing some music on the radio, the smell of Marlboro cigarettes. That's how you know I wasn't around anybody of color at the time because I don't really know anybody um, who is a POC that smokes Marlboros like that. 
but it's it's all in good humor because you just notice like cultural differences like that but it did not take away from my experience and towards the end when I was at home kind of coming down from everything I was still marveling at life and just how beautiful it is the destruction the chaos not just the happy moments but the moments that really define us the moments that you know when we're in them feel like our whole life is breaking down around us and we can't understand anything. We don't know why anything is happening. And wow, that feeling never left me. And I didn't feel like it was something I needed to chase either. It wasn't like, I mean, at the end I was saying, of course I want to participate in that again, but it actually turned out to be about four or five years before I ever participated again. But it taught me a lesson about myself, about who I was, about what my purpose might be. And 10 years later, here I am talking about plant medicine on a podcast that I've created, um, especially after being inspired by other creators, but affirming my place in this and what my purpose is. So I will stop this here and then begin my story about plant medicine during motherhood. So my journey during motherhood. I don't even know how to start this necessarily because about a year ago, I started microdosing. I ran across um, a content creator on social media and she was talking a lot about microdosing with mushrooms. Now I had taken mushrooms in college, but it was a really weird experience for me at the time. I was around maybe five or six other people, not people I was necessarily all the way comfortable with, but it was just one of those recreational type nights. And I would read up on the benefits of microdosing and you know, heard this person's words and what they were saying. And I thought, hmm, I should try it. And I was in postpartum at this time, maybe a year. This was a year after I had my child. My child's almost two years old now. And the first thing I remember is I wasn't having the best day, but not the worst day either. I'm a little, no, let me not lie. I'm a lot emotional, so I was in my feelings most of the day. And I took it, and I remember just kind of feeling balanced. It wasn't much. It was a half a drop under my tongue um, of this medicine. And I noticed the effects and changes almost like 30 minutes in. And it wasn't, again, a magical pill. It was just kind of like balance, like, okay, this is where you're at today. This is how you feel. This is what's going on. And so I continued to microdose and continue to start to support this community because I saw that there was some truth in this. Actually, not some. There was a lot of truth in it. Um, truth in the value, truth in the benefits, truth in the negative stigma that surrounds what a fungi can do for you. Um, and we think of fungus as just like nasty crap that grows on, you know, dead garbage outside, but it also regenerates. It creates new life and it's intelligent. And the more and more I started to microdose, the more I wanted to learn about it and it changed me, but it was only a spark then. So shortly after, um, I found out I was pregnant a few months later and it wasn't under the best of situations. Me and my partner wanted to plan for another child, but we didn't plan for the timing of you know, these challenges that we would incur at the time. And I went on to be depressed for about six or seven months. I'm now in my ninth month of pregnancy. 
So it wasn't until the beginning of this year that I started to shift again. I, For those six or seven months, I was depressed. I did not practice any kind of spirituality. There was no meditation, no breath work. I was a sound bath practitioner. I put all my sound bowls away for months, and I binged Grey's Anatomy for months. It was sad. <laughs> but I was... I had stopped microdosing. I had stopped consuming cannabis. It was, it felt very bleak at the time. And over the summer, that summer I was microdosing, I purchased this photo of this Mexican healer called Maria Sabina. Um, I won't go deep into her story on this episode, but it is profound. So if you have time, please research who she is. She is not the only, but she is definitely a pivotal character, pivotal pioneer when it comes to healing mushrooms um and i had this photo of her in my house and whenever i would look at it i felt this connection in this pull so me and my partner talked about it and i told him that i think i might like to try microdosing in pregnancy so i did i made a tea i drank it i sat with it and i heard a call and the call that I heard was telling me to continue to work with this medicine for myself, not for anyone else, not to be impressive, not to experiment with, you know, with the illegal drugs. It was none of that. I had gone through so much and that photo just kept calling to me saying, just work with us. And I had also just started therapy. And it's funny because I've been recommending therapy to everybody, but I had never started myself. Um, I had started small sessions here and there, but I was still was having trouble connecting during those sessions because I feel like I know me the best. It was very difficult for me to open up to anybody about things that I kept very private and secret about, you know, my life and the things that I've gone through. So after a few weeks of microdosing, uh, we decided to take a trip to the beach just because we wanted to. It was only a few hours away. And I told my husband before we went, I said, I would like to journey on this trip. I had read about a couple different influencers who they're not like super vocal about it but they are and they were talking about the effects of using mushrooms during pregnancy and for me though I love a lot of research ancestral guidance is key for me always because there was a time before this modern society where we actually just listened to the elders in our community you know, we sat with them, we practiced with them, we watched them. And when it was time, we stepped into their roles. So with that knowledge, I felt that it was time for me to move on to the next step. And so I did. And I talk about it in an Instagram post I have, but working with those mushrooms that day was the most pivotal experience of my life since the first time that I had taken LSD. And this is because I had another life growing in my body. I have another life growing in my body. She was speaking to me loud and clear. And I had never heard a voice so clear before. I know people connect with their babies and they feel them moving. I heard a voice. And not like in the Bruce Almighty kind of way, but I heard my daughter speaking to me. And I was in awe. We were already like by water which is my element. I'm a water sign. So when I'm by the ocean, I am connected. I am home. And I was there with her and she was talking to me and telling me she was fine and she couldn't wait to meet me and her brother and her dad. And wow, it was, it was just amazing. 
And I know when I tell these stories to people, especially people who do not consume, their first questions are, well, how do you know you're really okay? And how do you know you weren't just hallucinating? How do you know this? How do you know that? So many questions. I didn't question anything when I was going through the ceremony with myself. There was no question. There was no what if or how or when. It was just, okay, I hear you. I listen. And when the day was over and we were going back home, I'm describing this to my best friend and telling her, and of course she has a million questions because you know she's just naturally curious. But for me, it's in the not questioning. It's in the ability to trust in nature, to trust in yourself, to just be. And that's really hard for people, including myself. But I realized how much I held on to. And so uh, two or three more times, I decided to journey. And nothing extreme, exactly what I could handle. And I realized this needs to be talked about. I see no one no one who looks like me talking about this. You know, I see a lot of white women, which is fine. Um, I see a lot of men, a lot of podcast bros, as we like to call them, um, discussing this. You know, you have your Joe Rogans, your Russell Brands, and then we go to, you know, our more esteemed people. <laughs> I will say like Ram Dass and um, Terrence McKenna, but I wanted to hear from the women. I wanted to hear from the elder women. I wanted to hear from the women who have gone through this and experienced it, and there just are not enough. And with you know these Western industries changing as they are, capitalizing, taking advantage of things that can help us heal, we have to think about the future. We have to think about what we can leave behind for people. Because 10 years from now, you're gonna be able to walk down to the street and buy a carton of uh, joints the same way you can buy cigarettes. Now, what that will look like for psychedelics and plant medicine in the future, I'm not sure. But what I do know is history repeats itself and it will only be available to the elite until we take it back. And not take it back for ourselves, but use it in a way that benefits our community, that teaches our community, teaches our children, and eliminates fear overall. Fear is a natural part of life, but we learn from it. We learn, we grow, we recuperate, and then we rebuild. There aren't too many options when it comes to formal education on this right now. There are, of course, you know, places and universities where you can study mycology, entheogens, some plant medicine, but these spaces are still very closed off. Um, they feel inaccessible, and it's not really easy for people, you know, who live in a modern society to accept things without cold hard facts and for cold hard facts what do we need books approval from certain government organizations uh, we need people like a certain doctor that rhymes with mouchy um, to tell us that these things are okay to do and because of that you know the the disconnect happens we don't understand why we're not connected and we automatically reject anything that looks foreign to us. And that's not easy to deal with, especially as a person of color, especially from being taught from our parents that, you know, all these things are evil or, you know, not a part of us or even naturally occurring in our bodies. So I really encourage people who do choose this walk in life 
to not only be intentional about your relationship, but also do your best outside of this medicine to connect with your ancestry, connect with, and I don't mean by, you know, going on 23andMe, I mean going to yourself, letting your ancestors speak to you, whether that be through dreams, whether that be through meditation, whether that be through spiritual practice, figure out how to connect back because this is your ancestral line. This is your blood. So only you know the best way to connect. You could ask a million people, how do I do this? How do I do that? You know, what works best? But you have to figure out what works best for you. I've used plant medicine as a tool. And I'm going to keep repeating this probably throughout every episode of the podcast where this is discussed because you need to know it is not a magical red pill or blue pill. However, it will enlighten you. It will enlighten you to your own power. It will enlighten you to other options. It will enlighten you to things that are going on in the world that you may not recognize on a daily basis. And there's power in that. There's power in being able to take things back for yourself. There's power in being able to make your own decisions. There's power in realizing, wow, this is a bad pattern that's going on in my family. And it's up to me to fix this for future generations. And even if you don't choose to have children, you know, if there are no future generations after you're still changing for someone, you will have an effect on someone some way, somehow, whether you realize it or not. For me, even if I never have any children after I birth my second baby, I know that my kids or people around them or the people who I'm choosing to share this with, it will affect or impact them in some way. That could be negative or that could be positive, but it's about what you do with the information. Another thing I've realized, it's, it's, I'm stuttering a little because I'm excited about this topic, it's important to look everything at everything as a challenge rather than as a defeat. I think we stop ourselves from doing things so many times because we are looking for this perfect way to make things happen. But it doesn't work in that way. The same way, you know, activism, when you're standing up for a cause, changes do not happen overnight. We have to mess up. We have to reevaluate, reapproach several times. You have to do the same in life. So a lot of this isn't just going to be about plant medicine. A lot of it is going to be about how we can approach life from a new perspective and a new avenue. We use these tools in life. You know, we use these new, they're not even new <laughs> at all. We use these spiritual practices. We use these sources of connection as a way to get back to who we are. But this is also about healing trauma that exists in bloodlines. This is about recreating a future that looks very bleak at times this is about owning our power as people of color and people who are not people of color but i don't want anybody to feel forgotten about i want people to feel spoken for if they don't yet carry the bravery to do that for themselves and that's okay because all of us are scared none of us know what we're doing we're all just here learning sharing and living There's a reason why they say the mind is our most powerful tool. If we really understood how powerful we were, the perspective, the narrative would change. And we have to take that back one step at a time, one piece at a time. 
So I'm not going to go into anything else today. I just kind of want to leave you with that thought. What can you do for yourself today? Does have, has does not have to do anything with plant medicine. What can you do for yourself today to connect back to original memory, to the ways of your ancestors, to connecting with people around you, connecting with the earth? What is one thing that you can do today? I'm going to leave you with a song uh, today. It's called Rhythm of the Universe. I wrote it last year. My husband produced it, uh, made an EP of affirmations. But I would like for you to really listen to the words. Sit with it and meditate with it. Let it kind of take you wherever you are in the moment. Maybe not in a vehicle because these sound bowls tend to sometimes relax people a little bit too deeply and put them to sleep. But um, let the words hit you today with everything that I've been discussing and talking about and allow your mind to open. Allow yourself to be okay with where you are today, with the person that you want to become, the person you may not be yet, and the person you already are because they all exist. Whether you see it or not, whether you have the finances to back it up or not, the house, it doesn't matter. We are of the earth. The earth is of, of us. It lives in us through these medicines, through these practices, through our ancestors. So I am, once again, Taylor. This is the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast. And I look forward to speaking with you all again real soon. Peace. Two.
three.